Can Spencer Rattler in South Carolina break the hearts of the Tennessee Volunteers for the second year in a row? I'll be discussing that and plenty more with Locked On Vols host Eric Kane on this special crossover edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation. Before we get to this crossover edition between the Lockdown Gamecocks and Lockdown Vols podcast, just want to real quickly thank each and every one of you for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch for your team every day. As always, we are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. And this crossover edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Make every moment more right now as new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to get started. With that being said, Eric, take it away. Hey, what's up, everybody? I am Eric Kane, the host of Locked On Vols, Andrew Lyon, host of Locked On Gamecocks, and this is a Locked On Podcast Network crossover. Big game, Andrew, Tennessee and South Carolina. Tennessee 3-1, and one, ain't playing nobody, Paul. And uh, <laughs> South Carolina 2-2, two and two, been very much battle-tested. Under the lights, Neyland Stadium, everybody's going to be liquored up, dark mode activated here for Tennessee. Uh, it's a big one, man, and I'm looking forward to previewing this one with you over the next 30 minutes. Yeah, for sure, Eric. I think that South Carolina fans, uh, maybe not quite to the same level as Tennessee fans, but they've been looking forward to this matchup as well for a very long time. I quite honestly think it's being overlooked a little bit by the national media this week. There's been a lot of talk about Kentucky, Florida, a lot of talk about, I think, LSU, Ole Miss. And don't get me wrong, those are great SEC matchups. But in terms of uh, pageantry, what people think is going away in college football, if if you're someone that cares about that, you're going to want to tune into this game. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, the quarterback matchups in this one. We're gonna talk about the defenses, some of the injury situations. We'll give our keys to victory and uh, predictions later on in segment number three. But what I want to start off with is just kind of the kind of the elephant in the room because you kind of mentioned it not being talked about because of everything that happened last year. You and I did this crossover last year. I think the line at the time might have been twenty one in favor of Tennessee. I picked Tennessee to cover that. You picked Tennessee to cover that. I don't think anybody envisioned what happened that night in Columbia, South Carolina, when Spencer Rattler flipped that switch. Um, you know, the rest is history. He's been playing like a Heisman uh, Trophy finalist ever since then. Uh, but for Tennessee, at least, it's you got knocked out of the playoffs or playoff contention. You lost your quarterback. You were essentially embarrassed on national television. Um, I think that's a big reason why nobody said it this week, but these players circling it on the calendar. Josh Heupel circled this one on the calendar um and and obviously it's a big win just seeing what else is in store on on this schedule for Tennessee and South Carolina yeah Eric I completely agree with you and you know on South Carolina's and I mean the Gamecocks I'm sure we'll get into this aspect of the matchup in a little bit but they've had a really like rough stretch to start this season they've had to play games against two top 25 teams had to play at Sanford Stadium against the Georgia Bulldogs just a couple weekends ago And the road does not get a whole lot easier for South Carolina after week five. So it kind of feels like, you know, in all honesty, for both teams, this is a game that, you know, you kind of need to get here because for Tennessee, obviously, on y'all's end, you know, it's going to get tougher from here. You're going to play Texas A&M. Obviously, Connor Wegman is now out for the season. So, you know, 
interesting dynamic there, but still plenty of other teams that you got to go up against like Kentucky and obviously Alabama third Saturday in October as well. So for both of these squads, you know, this is one where it could decide how your season goes depending on the outcome. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, after this for Tennessee, I mean, you got, you got an off week, you had A&M at home on the road at Tuscaloosa against Alabama on the road at Kentucky you got Georgia at home later on, Missouri, which is obviously no pushover this year, as well on the road later in the season. So, you know, for Tennessee especially, um, you know, this is a big one for sure because you do not want to go in that bye week three and two, zero oh and two in Southeastern Conference play. Um, quarterbacks in this one, man. I'll start by asking you about Spencer Rattler. Um, he he was so very pedestrian last year before the Tennessee game. I think the stat is he had thrown for over 300 yards just one time, throw for multiple touchdowns just one time in a game before the Tennessee game. And even the week before that Tennessee game against Florida, didn't lead a touchdown scoring drive. Uh, but again, switch flipped. He went off against Tennessee, and he's played really, really well since then. What has been going on with Spencer Rattler? He looks like the 2020 Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma. Uh, he's completing passes at over 70%. Um, playing a lot of backyard football, but he's he's been super, super good for South Carolina. Yeah, Eric, I think that what Spence Rattler has done so far this season, it validates what, honestly, a lot of South Carolina people were saying last year, which is that um, coaching was a massive problem here. Marcus Satterfield, the offensive coordinator, to be quite honest, he just was not getting the most out of Spencer Rattler. He was overcomplicating things on offense. You bring in Dow Loggins, and now all of a sudden, things have been simplified. Things have been streamlined for Spencer Rattler. This offense is now catered to Spencer Rattler's strengths. And all of a sudden, he looks like one of the best quarterbacks in college football once again. He always had that talent. Obviously, he had some consistency issues throughout his career, but he's also remedied that as well. And the amazing part is, Eric, you know, he has had little to no run support at all this season he's had little to no support up front in pass protection that's unit that's getting better but it's been a work in progress and that's the word you're going to hear all season long with South Carolina's offensive line and despite all that Spencer Rattler he is putting up fantastic numbers so Spencer Rattler he's a much more poised quarterback he's a guy that no longer forces the issue he's a guy that I don't think lets you know really down moments get to him like maybe he would have three four five years ago in his college career Spencer Rattler's grown up. I mean, that's that's the best way to summarize my entire summation here. He has grown up on and off the football field, and that is why he is now once again being viewed as one of the best quarterbacks in the sport and a guy that, you know, if he keeps playing at this level, he could very well be a first-round draft pick this next April. Yeah, if he keeps playing at this level, he's going to be the guy that everybody thought he was when he was at Oklahoma, when he was coming to South Carolina still. I mean, let's not forget the guy that beat him out at Oklahoma. I mean, Caleb Williams just won the Heisman. Is going to be number one overall in the draft here coming up in a couple of months. Uh, you look at Tennessee side, Joe Milton. Um, potential always there, strongest arm in college football. That's great. I mean, that's great and everything. But you know, can you can you produce it? You know, on the field consistently. And he's had some moments. I think Tennessee overall, the offensive lines had some real big issues this year, um, and I think that's affected some of the play calling. So you've seen a lot of lateral passing game screen game kind of an extension of the run game and um, not as many shots down the field now against UTSA last week Tennessee took a lot of shots down the field and connected on one of them for a touchdown uh, missed on a couple but you know we're, we're getting pretty close and so I think that was good to put that on tape and 
you know, have defenses prepare for that. Plus the 81 yard zone keep run on play number one, I thought was big for Joe Milton. So again, you can see all those tools. You're still wanting it to be consistent. Um, and I think the biggest thing for Joe Milton right now is like the offense has gotten last week. The operation looked much better, um, but it's still kind of not where it needs to be. And he, he's not like number five was last year for Hendon Hooker. Um, right now, he's not showing the ability to overcompensate or overcorrect where when things weren't going right, Hendon Hooker could do that. So uh, there's some issues with Tennessee's offense right now. I don't think it starts with Joe Milton, but he's got to play better. Um, I thought he played better last week. I thought he played um, horribly against uh, Austin P a couple weeks ago. And I thought he played decent in the swamp, to be honest with you. But he's got to play better for Tennessee to to be where it wants to be uh, moving forward. We'll have more quarterback talk. We'll have more about South Carolina uh, in Tennessee, kind of where have these two teams been so far this season? What about these defenses? All that coming up in segment number two of a Locked On crossover with Falls and Gamecocks here with Eric Kane and Andrew Lyon. want to tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. Uh, no better time to join FanDuel than right now. College football season, the NFL, and with that NFL, you can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet right now, that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Andrew, I know we're going to get into this in segment three here in a moment, but I'm not going to lie to you. When I went to FanDuel earlier in the week and saw this game, Tennessee and South Carolina opening, I believe, at 10.5, and, and now at the time of this recording, it's at 12.5. I was a little bit surprised, weren't you? Very, very surprised, for sure. <laughs> I mean, and again, we'll talk about who covers and all that type of stuff, but I thought that line was just a little bit overblown for Tennessee and South Carolina. But again, if you think that as well, you can go ahead and jump on South Carolina right now over at FanDuel Sportsbook. If you're not comfortable with some spreads or some totals, those over and unders, I encourage you, if you're new, maybe check out those uh, those props. So easy, so fun to do. Prop bets over at FanDuel Sportsbook right now. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to kick off the NFL season and the college football season today. FanDuel, it's the official partner of the NFL. Welcome back to this special Locked On crossover edition between the Locked On Gamecocks and the Locked On Vols podcast. I'm Locked On Gamecocks host Andrew Lyon. Again, continue to talk here with Locked On Vols host Eric Kane. Eric, let's take a look back at what has happened up to this point in the 2023 season for both of these football teams. Obviously, with Tennessee, you know, you have the season you have in 2022. You come into this year, got a lot of hype surrounding this team. A lot of fans that believe that, you know, hey, maybe Tennessee, the Tennessee, the 90s, are officially back and so far this season you know you haven't had a ton of big games to really gauge whether or not that's the case but it kind of seems like there's been a feeling of you know Tennessee's left a little bit out there on the football field whether it be maybe the passing game or maybe just something else on the defensive side so Eric you follow this team quite closely what do you think has been going on with this team do you maybe think that they've been reaching their full potential so far this year Definitely not but you could say that about every team in America right I mean no team's going to be perfect um, at this point in the season, I don't think any team is getting everything they could possibly get out of a certain player or whatever. Uh, we're going to learn a lot. I mean, Tennessee, you're right. So far, you played Virginia, which was not good. You played Austin P, which was not good, and Tennessee didn't play well that day. You played Florida, and I'll continue to say I do not think Florida is very good, but Florida whipped Tennessee's butt in the swamp. And then you had UTSA. I mean, Tennessee has really, truly not been tested, um, especially in terms of quarterback play. And so you're going to find out a lot about 
Tennessee and, and the Josh Hopple program here in his third year on Saturday night, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, they've left a lot, lot out there. The offense, I mentioned that in segment number one, the operations not been, it's not been as clean. Um, it got a lot better last week, in my opinion. But on the road, and I know this is going to be a game, and this is something South Carolina is going to have to worry about at Neyland Stadium. But on the road in the swamp, I mean, communication was an issue, crowd noise. They let it get to them. So many procedural penalties. They were starting behind the sticks. Um, the run game wasn't there as well. I didn't like the play calling in that game, but it was limited because of all that. I just didn't think the operation offensively and the tempo, you know, really looked up to par. And, and at that point in time, you know, really even still now, if you're not running tempo and you're Tennessee, who are you? You're you're an offensive line that's not very good right now, and you got a, a quarterback that's playing average, and, that, and that's not good enough. So it got a little bit better last week, and, and I'm intrigued to see kind of where it is against a, an SEC defense again. Uh, here Saturday night. Defensively, um, I think the defensive line is better. Against Florida, it wasn't. Um, they were getting the ball out pretty quickly, though. But I'm looking forward to seeing how this defensive line stacks up against the offensive line for South Carolina because you got to put pressure on being, on uh, on Rattler. You got to make him run around a little bit and see what you got. Uh, if Tennessee tackles, they're not they're not bad. Uh, they've had a lot of missed tackles so far in four games. So. Uh, we'll see, but I think that's uh, going to be intriguing. And then you look at South Carolina on the other side. Again, uh, it's been tested. North Carolina's a good team. Georgia is obviously a good team. Uh, played around with Furman a little bit. And then had Mississippi State last week where South Carolina was good against the run. Um, I think you're going to learn a lot about South Carolina this week as well because you're kind of playing a team, uh, at least right now, that's kind of more on your level. Yeah, Eric, I 100% agree with you. You know, for South Carolina, I guess I'll start with the defense because I've heard a lot of talk this week about the 400-plus passing yards they gave up against Will Rogers, and there's no question, South Carolina's secondary had a bad night. They really, truly did, and it was disappointing to see that for a secondary that over the past, you know, year and a quarter, they've been one of the better secondaries in the SEC, one of the more well-coached secondary units in the SEC. And they gave up 200-plus yards to Tulu Griffin. No offense to Tulu Griffin. He's a really good wide receiver at Mississippi State. I did not envision him putting up those kind of video game numbers against South Carolina. Will Rogers, you know, he looked like he was lost against LSU. He goes on the road for his first road game of the season in a pro-style offense, and he's just throwing the ball back there, and there's no good coverage. I mean, there's no safety help. They were biting up on play action. Nick Emmett-Worry, specifically, did not have a great game. Nick Emmett-Worry is probably the best defensive back South Carolina's got. I don't think you can bank on that happening two straight games in a row. I'm pretty sure that Torian Gray and defensive coordinator Clayton White made a point of emphasis this week to get those issues corrected, whether it be communication or maybe, hey, the coaches got to make quicker adjustments in terms of maybe who's playing that nickel corner slot because there's been some injuries back there for South Carolina. David Spaulding's been banged up. Uh, Keenan Nelson Jr., who started the season against North Carolina, has not played since that week, if I recall correctly. So the Gamecocks, they definitely got to short things up on the secondary. In terms of the defensive front, I think that we're seeing a little bit more pass rush juice from that unit the past couple of weeks. Some guys getting back into form. Jordan Stratton is a big part of that uh, seventh-year senior, one of those COVID guys, but also towards ACL last year against Arkansas. And obviously, Eric, you know this. You played football you don't bounce back from those injuries that quickly. At no. least you don't mentally. But as you continue to play these games, 
that's when you really start to get back to sort of the old you. And George Strong's starting to do that, showed that against Mississippi State. Another guy to watch is TJ Sanders on the interior. I think if South Carolina's going to win this football game against Tennessee, they're going to need number 90 on the inside to have a really big game. And he's been showing that so far. He showed up against the Georgia Bulldogs in a big way. So you would hope that that would mean, if you're a South Carolina fan, that he could do that against this Tennessee offensive line, which, as you said, maybe has not been the most consistent so far this year. And then at the linebacker core, Debo Williams, guy just can absolutely wreck plays in the run game by himself. He's a really solid backer, third-year player in this system now. You can just see how confident he is. Stone Plant's another guy that's going to have to have a good game. Stone Plant, admittedly, he's a guy that he works really hard. Nobody ever denies that in terms of his preparation in the film room and on the practice field. But Stone Plant, sometimes he can find himself maybe being a little bit slow to react. Maybe he's out of a certain gap that he needs to be in because he's trying to analyze everything that's going on in the backfield. So he's going to be another key player for this Gamecock defense. But all in all, Eric, I think rush defense-wise, they've been okay. Pass defense, no doubt. You have to get better especially if Tennessee gets the ground game going, which I know sets up everything else for that offense. Yeah, that's going to be one of the keys that we'll talk about in segment number three, at least for Tennessee's side. you got to run this football. Um, you got to be over 150, you'll be pushing 200, in my opinion, to to win this football game. Because, again, one of the biggest misconceptions about the Josh Heupel offense, oh, he just throws it around everywhere. It's air raid. No, it's not. I mean, you run the football. Tennessee led the nation in rushing touchdowns last year. Tennessee has averaged 200 yards rushing a game since Josh Heupel's been here. Um, and, and right now, you know, they got three backs that they like, like an awful lot. And so I think that's going to be key. Tennessee's defense, I mentioned, I talked a little bit about it a moment ago, but, you know, Aaron Beasley, at linebacker, stud. Um, he's playing like one of the best defenders in the Southeastern Conference right now. You're really missing Keenan Peely. You talked about, um, you know, tearing your ACL. He tore his ACL at BYU in 2021. And he played all last year. He came back, played, but he was never quite himself. Transfers to Tennessee. Everybody this offseason was talking, just raving about Keenan Peely. Is He's a bigger guy, kind of an old-school middle linebacker, but he's so quick. He's so elusive outside of the box. He played so well against Virginia in the opener. And then, you know, tore his, uh, tore his um, uh, tricep. And he's going to be out for, for a long time. So you're really missing uh, Keenan Peely, his leadership, his experience at linebacker. So having to play a lot of young guys, Elijah Herring, Aaron Carter, they're having to grow up in a hurry. Everybody remembers Kamal Haddon at cornerback. And, uh, whoo, I don't know what was worse about that game last year. Tennessee getting his butt whooped or Kamal Haddon getting up talking trash after, you know, allowing a first down after first down after first down. <laughs> to his credits, he has not talked crap since. I'm sure he, you know, got blessed out for that. Um, he is super inconsistent. Um, he's arguably Tennessee's most skillful and best defensive back. And then sometimes he just won't even make a play on the ball. So he'll play some. Tennessee has a big rotation at, at safety and at cornerback. Uh, we'll see if Danico Slaughter can get back in there. And then, again, the, the defensive line for Tennessee, I think it's better. I'm intrigued. Tyler Barron, Omar Norman Lott, Amari Thomas, Bryce Neeson, James Pierce. There's a lot of names that are playing a lot of good football right now. Didn't show up against Florida. Will it show up against a weaker offensive line in South Carolina? No, we'll have to see. I want to get into the keys of the game. I want to get into predictions and a little bit of an injury report uh, for Tennessee and South Carolina. We'll do that uh, when we return right here on Locked On Balls and Locked On Gamecocks. Got a final segment left here of this Locked On Crossover Edition, Locked On Balls. I'm Eric Kane, Locked On Gamecocks, Andrew Lyon, and a big time game Tennessee, South Carolina, Neyland Stadium. That is going to be Saturday night, 7 30 Eastern Time on the SEC Network. Uh, keys of the game. 
predictions. But first, uh, injury report. Andrew, a big-time, versatile, athletic, playmaking uh, receiver is not going to be playing. Obviously missed last week, and sounds like he's going to miss again this week as well. Yeah, Eric, you're right about that. South Carolina wide receiver Juice Wells, Antoine Juice Wells, he is going to be out for this game. He's been dealing with a lower body injury. He kind of got hurt in the preseason, apparently had some sort of procedure done to correct that injury, and then tried to play sparingly against North Carolina Furman, and then went out there and started against Georgia. And South Carolina fans can recall that first drive against Georgia. It was masterful. Gamecocks drove down the field. It was capped off with a wide receiver screen touchdown pass to Antoine Juice Wells, where he evaded multiple defenders in the secondary. And Gamecock fans, I'm sure, were overjoyed because they were like, we finally got our star wide receiver back. And then he exits the game, and he's not played a snap since. So, obviously, again, that is the sport of football. Uh, it can be taken away from you after just one possession in a game. Ask Aaron Rodgers that for the New York Jets. But for South Carolina, not having Juice Wells, Eric, I mean, there's no doubt about it. It's a big deal. The Gamecocks, they have seen Xavier Leggett step up in a big way this year. He might be one of the best receivers in the country right now. But South Carolina, if you're going to win a game like this on the road at night, I think you do need to have someone else step up. And obviously I can get into that a little bit more when we get into the keys to victory. But I know on Tennessee's end, they're also dealing with plenty of injuries. So what else going on with the volunteers? Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's wild. Um, you know, Elijah Simmons hadn't played yet this game. He's a defense this year, he's a defensive lineman. He's out, he'll be out. Linebacker Keenan Peely, he'll be out, like I mentioned. Um on Saturday against UTSA, now you had a lot of guys leave with injury. I think majority of those guys could have came back in and played, like it was South South Carolina. But you know why risk it when you're up 31 nothing at half? Um, running back Jalen Wright, one of the better running backs in the Southeastern Conference, got banged up a little bit. I think he's going to be okay. Left tackle John Campbell heard that he's going to be all right. Um, wide receiver. Brew McCoy and Ramel Keaton, Kelsey Pope, wide receivers coach, said at the quarterbacks club on Monday that everybody's going to be available for him. You know, we'll, we'll learn more when Josh Heupel speaks to the media uh, here later this morning on a Thursday. We won't really learn more. He won't say anything. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I heard that the majority of these guys are, are going to be back. Um, defensively, Aaron Beasley left. He should be fine. Um, trying to think of anybody else that's big uh center cooper mays yeah again he hasn't played yet this season and i was talking about that operation earlier in the episode about how it's not being clean and crisp you know tennessee's center starts the tempo because i mean you got to get the ball back set and allow everybody else to get set and then go uh cooper mays had you know a, a triple hernia surgery had to repair a, t a tear on the abdominal wall or and all that that was during camp, and you know he was cleared for contact. I believe Florida week, which is two weeks ago, did his first true you know week of practice last week, and I think he's on track to play this game. So that'll be a huge boost for Tennessee to get its center back in Cooper Mays, and um, you know we'll see uh, if he starts, how much he plays. But I'm expecting Cooper Mays to play. So Tennessee a little bit banged up right now, but I think overall the majority of those guys, even Joe Milton, had his knee tweaked uh, a little bit. He should be fine. Uh, I think the majority of these guys are going to play for Tennessee and. Obviously, uh, for South Carolina, they'll have to be ready for it because uh, for South Carolina to, to pull off this upset on the road in a hostile environment, they're going to have to have some things go their way. No question about that, Eric. And I guess with that being said, we'll go ahead and get on into our keys to victory for this game. So if you're South Carolina, I'll go over these pretty quickly. First key to victory, I think you got to at least match what Tennessee does early in this game. You're going to be playing in Neyland Stadium. It's a blackout from what I've been hearing. It's at night. Tennessee wants revenge. If you're South Carolina, 
the absolute last thing that you can afford to have happen in this game is for you to go out and get off to a slow start offensively and have Tennessee go out there and score, whether it's a touchdown, a field goal, or two touchdowns, and let that crowd really get into this game. You cannot afford to have that happen. If you let that happen, then um, the game could be over before it starts, in all honesty, because then Spencer Rattler's going to have to sit back there and throw the football even more than he already does, and Tennessee could just pin their ears back and get it after the quarterback. You do not want that in this football game. Second key to victory, went on early downs on both sides of the ball. Cannot get behind the sticks. Tennessee's defensive front, they're athletic, they are fast. Your offensive line, been very inconsistent, especially that right side, which you're still trying to figure out right now. You cannot get into third and longs where Tennessee can use some of their pass rushing packages. I hear they got a cheetah package. They'll put four edge rushers all along the line of scrimmage, give them wide splits, and just tell them to go on and get after Spencer Rattler. Again, cannot have that happen. At the same time, you do not need Tennessee's ground game to really churn out five, six, seven yards consistently. You want to hold Tennessee to one or two yards per rush so that that way, you force Tennessee's number seven, Joe Milton, to have to make more plays in the passing game. And then the last one, just be ready to make plays when needed. I talked about Juice Wells being out for this game. If you're South Carolina, you got to have other guys step up. You know Spencer Rattler's going to make plays. You know Xavier Leggett's likely going to make plays. Who's going to be that third guy on offense? Maybe it's a Trey Knox at tight end. Maybe it's Amari Brown, who is coming back this week from a hamstring issue that he's been dealing with for the past couple of weeks. It's a guy that's got takeoff the top of your secondary type speed. He's got track level speed and then defensively again you're not going to probably play perfect but when you need to make a stop can you make that stop that's all going to be very important for South Carolina and to give my final prediction on this game Eric I think that in this game it's going to be a close game I don't think anyone's going to run away with this I don't think that Tennessee's going to run away with it as much as they would like to but I like the matchups for Spencer Rattler schematically speaking the fact he's going against a defense that seems to run a lot of zone coverage I think that he's going to be able to p- take advantage of that. I think that South Carolina can slow down Tennessee's ground game enough, not stop it, but slow it down. And I just feel like that Tennessee's got a ton of pressure coming into this game. Obviously, it's an important game for both teams, but it really feels like that for Tennessee, it's like if you don't win this game, what does that mean for the rest of the season? Does that mean that maybe, just maybe, last season, we got to temper expectations now a little bit because that'd be an 0-2 start in SEC play. I know that Josh Heupel, he's probably been cooking up something for the last eight, nine, ten months for this one game alone. But once the ball's spotted and we're actually seeing it get snapped, all that goes out the window, at least in terms of the emotional side of things. I think South Carolina makes a special teams play late in the end. I think that they're going to win this game 34-31. to 31. So I think that they cover the spread of 12.5 points set by FanDuel, and they win this game outright. It's funny, man. Your, your your prediction, literally my prediction, flip it. 34-31 Tennessee. Little spoilers <laughs> there. Um, well, that, I'll get to my keys after this, but since I started there, I, I just – I was talking to a buddy earlier before we were recording this. I mean, it would not shock me whatsoever if Tennessee loses by 25. It wouldn't shock me what, whatsoever if Tennessee wins 34-31. Um, it's a huge game. I agree with you, man. I think this is a must-win game for both. Now, when I say that, Beamer's not getting fired. Heifel's not getting fired. But for what you want to accomplish this year, I think it's a must-win. I think it's a must-win game. It's a huge game. And, uh, again, Tennessee's already 0-1 in SEC play. I know uh, South, or, yeah, South Carolina's 1-1, lost to Georgia, beat Mississippi State. You need to get this win. Um, because if you, lose this, if you lose this game for Tennessee, I mean, you're staring at A&M in two weeks, going to Tuscaloosa, going to Kentucky, Georgia at home, going to Missouri. I mean, it's, it's some tough sledding. But um, 
I truly do believe. Let, let me ask you this real quick, and I, I asked somebody else, and I want to make sure I, I understood correctly. In Georgia, South Carolina allowed the crowd noise to affect its 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 offensive operation. Right? There were some false starts. There were some. I mean, there were there, there was there was a lot of that in that game, right? Because for Tennessee at Georgia last year, at Florida this year, Tennessee the crowd affected Tennessee. And if that's the case, I think Nealon can affect South Carolina offensively. I think that could be a key to the game as well. Yeah, no, you're right, Eric. Uh, six out of the eight penalties that South Carolina had in that Georgia game were offensive procedural penalties. Yeah. So, so, yeah. I, and- I was going to say, I think that's uh, I think that's going to be a big-time key for Tennessee, for the fans, for the environment. Um, ne- Nealon is going to be rocking dark mode activated, black jerseys. It's going to be a big-time game, plus what happened last year. I just... I think all that plays into, and I'm putting a lot of stock into that. And and again, Tennessee is, uh, you know, from what we've seen on the field so far, especially offensively, a lot to be desired. But uh, it's it's been close a couple different times. So I'll pick Tennessee 35-30 or 34-31 because of a lot of that. Um, They got to run the football, key to the game. You got to be pushing 200 yards. You got to be pushing 200 yards for sure. Defensively. You got to get after Rattler, but you got to keep your rush lane integrity. The ends cannot get blown out. You can't get washed either. These inside presents have got to got to keep their integrity because Rattler's going to come up the middle. Uh, I think that's going to be huge. Linebackers have got to make tackles in space because there will be opportunities. Um, and then again, I, th- I think there's going to have to be a special teams play, whether it be a return, whether it be a punt that completely flips the field. Something's got to happen in special teams. So. Um, we'll see. I'm expecting a big time football game, but I'm going to go the inverse of what you said. I'm going to go 34 to 31 Tennessee at home. takes down South Carolina, but South Carolina does cover and both our scores, obviously the same score. It hits the over as well. Yeah, Eric, uh, I'm going to be up there in Knoxville, by the way, for all you Gamecock fans. So if you happen to see me, you know, feel free to say hi real quick before the game starts. And, uh, yeah, Either way, I think we're going to see a lot of fireworks being set off once again this year, but this time, especially from both offenses equally. So uh, very excited for this game. And again, I think that this is the best game of the weekend by far in this conference. No question about that. I do too, man. Shane Beamer spent a couple of years here in Knoxville. He was on Knoxville uh, radio Thursday mo- or Wednesday morning. So um, I-, I think this game means something to him as well. It should be a good one. Andrew, appreciate it, man. Uh, we'll have to do it again in basketball season, all right? Absolutely, Eric. Thanks for having me on. Andrew Lyon, Locked On Gamecocks. Eric Kane, Locked On Vols. This has been a crossover edition on the Locked On Podcast Network.